You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Bridge to You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Monique Russell, where we focus on diversity, inclusion, and understanding for Black cultures through conversations that help us connect to ourselves and each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Bridge to You. I'm your host, Monique Russell. Today in my guest chair, I have the honor of hosting and chatting with someone who I truly admire, Mr. Anthony Cole. First of all, let me tell you, he is an artist. He is a professional musician. He has many singles out there, but listen, the Rise Up song, you really need to check it out because if you're feeling down by the time you are finished listening to that song, you're truly going to feel inspired. But he also happens to be a senior program manager at Amazon over employee experience, and he's pretty much an expert of connecting with diverse audiences, diverse customers, and diverse peers. Anthony, welcome to the show. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for that warm introduction, Monique, and I'm so happy to be here. Yes, let's dive right into it. I mean, I listened to your song and I I got so inspired. And I need to say, I call you Anthony, but I heard in the song, Anthony. So tell me, <laughs> Anthony or Anthony, where where did you get that from? Yeah, well, the accent that you guys would hear is from Trinidad and Tobago. So I grew up in Trinidad and um, uh, migrated to the States um, when in 2001, Um, But yeah, my accent never left. (laughs) And that's what I love about it. And because I see that you have integrated, I mean, you're the president of Ben at Amazon, right? The Black um, Employee Network. And I see that you have integrated your passion. I read a post from you on LinkedIn where you shared that you first started and you chose the corporate stability. You finished and you wanted to get into the music, into the passion, but like many people, you chose the corporate stability versus your dreams. But it seems like now that has been able to merge and fuse and catch up with you. Um, what has been your experience with this process of fusing your passion and your corporate career? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question because uh, it really makes me reflect on my journey as a talented person, you know, an artistic person. And I I think um, early on, I always wrestled with the idea of if I was to showcase this side of me, this artistic side, my musical side, um, would I be judged unfairly for it in the corporate space that I I, I ultimately did have success in um, after college? And I decided to always keep it near and dear while pursuing my corporate pursuits. And fast forward to the present, you know, being at a company like Amazon, 
I had the unique opportunity to showcase my talents at work that led to many other engagements. So there was a talent show competition at Amazon called Amazon's Got Talent. And I decided to just be super creative. And I created a song about the company's leadership principles. And a bar is a program that's really a quintessential part of the interview experience. Um, Amazon has um, these uh, individuals called bar raisers that really hone into the culture of uh, Amazon and um, a very high um, bar for, you know, your interview and, and making sure that you really know what you're saying and it aligns to certain strengths and competencies they look for. So I cleverly took those concepts of the leadership principles, the bar is a program, I made a song and it went viral internally. And the public relations team reached out to me and said, hey, we would love to feature you and you do a song, a formal song uh, about the bar is a program. And they did a whole global campaign. And up to today, any employee that joins Amazon, they actually see this video and you can actually Google it or YouTube it right now. The song is called Bar Razor by Amazon and, and you would see it. And that's something I created. So what that did um, was kind of give me the confidence to know that, hey, it's okay. And it's actually celebrated when uh, you, know, you actually kind of bring your whole self to work. Because if I shied away and didn't show that talent, and especially me being a Caribbean immigrant and having this you know, accent in this uh, corporation, it just really gave me the confidence that I could do more of it. And um, other opportunities opened where I started to get opportunities to perform at work. So I performed at the Canada Teams All Hands and Amazon Web Services All Hands meetings. Um, the global head of, of HR um, reached out to me to actually do another song um, uh, during the height of COVID to integrate into our back to the office initiatives and, and health and safety opportunities. So I really found a way to kind of leverage my talent and, and passion at work um, just through this opportunity and not being shy about sharing my talent. My God. So you was a celebrity. You are a corporate celebrity. How to go viral at work. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was interesting. When this song came out, I would be walking in the supermarket and folks would be like, I'll see the guy for the bar is a music video. So that did happen. I got, I did get a sense of what uh, fame would be like for, <laughs> for that period of, of popularity when the music video came out. You know, it really just goes to show that when companies embrace the uniqueness and diversity of their um, employees, there's so much um, interesting and innovative things that could come out of that. Because, you know, here we have you know something that has been celebrated so much. I have had folks all over the world reached out to me and said, hey, Anthony, because of your barriers and music video, I applied to Amazon. But I have folks that joined the company and was like, hey, I listened to your song as motivation and preparing for my interview. So it has been truly inspirational, you know? Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I am just screaming on the inside because you are a living practical example of what happens when you merge and blend as partners with the organization. But this is an entirely different mindset, you know, from just saying that employee mindset of, I'm just here to do my job. I'm not going to add anything extra. I'm not going to showcase my talents. Something had to happen, even though they had that talent show and you signed up and you raised your hand, something had to happen inside of you for you to say, let me shoot my shot. Let me take a chance. Let me just try this thing out. Even though you felt at first, like, I don't really know if this will be appreciated and valued at work. So what was that thing that happened inside of you? Or what were you thinking that says, you know what, let me take my shot. Let me, let me uh, contribute and share my talents in a different way. That's a good question. I think 
something that came to mind immediately was having mentorship because I flagged the opportunity with a mentor and also someone that was an ally. Uh, my old manager, he's white, but he's the one that, you know, when he learned about my talent, because I think we had to do an uh, interesting fashion and an icebreaker one day. And I shared like this music video I did for my wife when we got married. And, you know, he was super impressed with it. And, and he was like, why don't you do a song for Amazon's Got Talent? And that planted the seed um, for me to be more comfortable getting, getting the approval of uh, my manager. So um, that would be one, I think, big influence that, that supported me being comfortable. And then I would say, um, I think <laughs> just naturally, I am very proud of my you know, Caribbean and specifically Trinidadian heritage. And I thought that, you know, it would just be a great way to showcase, uh, you know, the Caribbean and, and soca music and, and what we represent culturally through music in the talent show. And um, I just leaned into that as well in that decision. My goodness. So, Anthony, I mean, when I look at what people are saying about you online in the digital space, the breadcrumbs, there's something that consistently comes up. And I'm going to touch on what you mentioned about your, your journey in a second, but I want to preface it with this. Each time what's mentioned is that you are able to have the hard conversations, two things. You're able to have difficult conversations. You're able to cut across the line. You're able to help to bring executive level results and resolutions. And so I mean, I, I listen to you and I hear your story around music. And so, you know, like you got the corporate vibe, the corporate star, but then you're also a little pseudo baby corporate politician because you can, you can cut across the aisle and get to resolution that impacts the business, that impacts your customers and leave people feeling affirmed and valued. So my question is, like you talked a little bit about mentoring as part of your professional and personal development journey. Tell us what else has shaped your outlook and got you to this place of where you are today. Yeah, I think in my journey to Amazon, I've always had strong mentors um, that really helped to influence my thinking and strategy behind professional opportunities. And I currently serve as president of Amazon's Black Employee Network HQ chapter. Uh, I've always had a passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion. I also was a senator for the Nesby National Society of Black Engineers in college at City College of New York. So I've always, you know, organically supported initiatives around DEI. And I think coming into Amazon, I was given this unique opportunity to be a leader of our Black Employee Network as a new employee, which is very rare at large institutions where, uh, you know, somebody that doesn't have the clout, quote unquote, or um, experience in developing networks and more senior folks to be able to influence and get things across the, the table. I was asked to become vice president of our Black Employee Network in 2017 when I joined. And I consulted with a mentor about the opportunity. And they said, Anthony, when opportunities are given to you, take them. That was, that was it. Um, it was like nudging me forward. And I deliberated for a week and I took it. That was, was a catalyst for me really embracing uh, an understanding of, hey, I have a seat at the table. I have an opportunity to advocate for opportunities and initiatives that can have significant impact on my you know, Black colleagues at work and um, other minority groups as well by default. 
And also in that process, it really forced me to grow as a leader, forced me to grow as a professional um, from being able to meet with our CEO, um, uh, Andy Jassy, who was our executive sponsor and our previous sponsor as well, Jeff Wilkie. Um, it really forced me to learn how to document rights and do proposals and, and, and that type of stuff. So I think that that was really the, the catalyst and what the, was the force and function for me to gain that confidence just through rising to the occasion. And again, a mentor was kind of influential in, in that decision. Mm. So I, I think you would be considered a top performing employee, what they call in the HR world, the high potential, uh, top talent, someone who you don't want to let go or lose within that organization. And I see and I hear that so many people who are considered in that same status or category are sometimes thinking, well, I don't really know if I want to stay at my place of work. I don't know if I need to make a switch. I mean, if you were, and I'm, I know what you probably have to say here, but you know, if, 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 if you were given a scale of one to 10 and one is no and, and, and 10 is extremely high, I mean, where would you place your level of engagement as an employee with Amazon? Yeah, <laughs> I think it would be a 10 simply because I'm super engaged, you know, and I think, you know, with COVID impacting us not being at work, it did impact a little bit of that excitement because a lot of the engagements I would do was in prison. And, you know, for the last uh, few years, we we weren't able to, to navigate that, but I've always went above and beyond to be involved, but that fuels me and my own organic passions on top of my day job because I'm a senior uh, program manager for Amazon Music. I also serve as a Black employee network president. I, and then, of course, my artistry. I, I just uh, kind of really embrace the things that make me fulfilled at the end of the day. Um, and um, I think in being able to help others through whether it's you know community involvement uh, engagement with uh, an organization like Year Up that really focuses on um, in, uh, getting um, underrepresented um, individuals into the tech space or you know my old um, I guess uh, community involvement group when I was a new immigrant some Sesame Flies in, in New York um, more than likely I'll be serving on the board coming this year uh, I just try to do things that I know are fulfilling and are fun and lean into that and. I think there's so many avenues at a company like an Amazon that um, gives you those outlets. You know, I've been able to host our um, Represent the Future Summit, which is Amazon's largest diversity summit. I've been able to do the um, Ask Me Anything panel for Amazon's uh, career day. So, you know, those things to me, one, allows me to, again, develop my, I guess, certain competencies as well as I know seeing someone like myself as well, I think is important that fuels me to know that, hey, you know, you um, little black boy or girl, <laughs> somebody from the Caribbean with this interesting accent working in this uh, space uh, in tech could do this as well. And that also kind of fuels me to, you know, engage in that way and be deeply um, connected to opportunities at work. Mm, beautifully said, beautifully said. You know, as I listened to you, I, I thought about the research by Gallup polls and I listened to you talk about your music interests and talk about being the president and talk about year up. And a lot of the things that the Gallup study reveals is when an employee is actively engaged. So there's actively engaged, there's active 
there's disengaged. And when someone is actively engaged, those are the identifying behaviors, right? Going above and beyond, contributing ideas, helping others, energizing others. And so when I listen to your story and I, and I hear about the role that you're taking, and I think, okay, how can this be duplicated for others in the organization, not just your organization, but others that are listening, my audience that are listening, that are listening for clues and ideas and strategies. So as a leader being in that role, what would you say are some things that ERG leaders often miss? Like what are the opportunities that exist for ERG leaders? Yeah. Off the bat, I think having voice of your employees is really critical to being able to have true impact because I think, yeah, you can probably touch on some of the different focus areas um, that are generic, right? So, you know, thinking of uh, ERG work, you want to recruit more diverse talent. You want to ensure that there's upward mobility and career development from a professional development standpoint. Um, You want to create, you know, uh, opportunities to bridge the gap between the community and the company that you're with and create um you know pipelines of uh talents as well from through those community organizations you want to represent culturally as well like for black history month you want to ensure that there's activations for that but i think you know to be able to really raise the bond you want to probably do a survey with your your members and get a sense of you know what is important to them and then wait the programming accordingly. So if you know more folks want more pro dev professional development opportunities, you want to create programming and experiences around that that is in alignment. And I think if you don't do that, you may have a bit of a miss with really connecting strongly to your your ERG. Now something that's really unique and has really been a an opportunity for success for um, our Black Employee Network HQ board here in Seattle has been leaning into Amazon business growth, which I think could be scaled to just business growth with any ERG. And what I mean by that is um, looking at ways in which you can leverage your seat at the table to identify a problem for your customers, and in our case, the Black demographic of customers, and then solve for that. So we are not only influencing um, the business, we are also influencing opportunities for our community and by default opportunities for ourselves. Case in point, some years ago, one of our previous Ben presidents, Black Employee Network presidents, came up with an idea to launch a Black hair care storefront on Amazon.com. Why? They were looking for hair care products for Black women and couldn't find it. It was a very frustrating experience. And they presented a pre-RFQ, which is a press release, frequently asked questions document that Amazon has a very duck-centric culture. And they did that proposal to um, our previous executive sponsor, Jeff Wilkie, and he loved it and he funded it and it was launched. It's called Textures and Hues. You can check it out right now still on Amazon. Fast forward to 2021, one of my former board members had an idea to um, create a Black business accelerator for Black sellers on Amazon. Um, This was an idea. This is going to hugely impact our community if we're able to design a program to actually help you know, minority-owned sellers, and in this case, specifically, we were, because of we're targeting our community, Black sellers, and uh, we, again, we presented this idea, went through the, the proposal, the doc writing process, and we sp- um, got it approved by the CEO of Consumer, Doug Harrington, at the time. So, you know, I think that's something that is not as common, 
but it's, it's really could have significant impact on the organization that the ERG is a part of, as well as themselves and their community if they kind of dig deeper um, to look at the business. Mm. Everything you just said sounds so much like an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur inside the business, right? Coming up with ideas, solving problems, making pitches and proposals. Wow. Okay. So you've had this mentorship. You've had a lot of cultivation with people around you, strong, strong mentors. And I heard you, Sima, go back before Amazon time when you were in college and you were, you know, connected with groups and you were advocating for Black cultures. I mean, it, it had to start somewhere, right? So where did this first inkling of what I would say Pan-Africanism uh, come from? Take mm. me back to the young boy in Trinidad. Um, you know, because it's not something that is just an automatic given for people even in the Caribbean, right? So you've been exposed to this and you've, you're living it out, you're demonstrating it. Where was that seed planted? That's an interesting question because I've never thought about where did this originate? Where did this passion originate? I think I've, as many young Black kids, they actually experience bias and um, experience of um, of uh, racism and stuff in certain ways in the Caribbean, anywhere in the world. And I think there were elements of these things. And, you know, if I want to be very transparent, I could remember as a kid, this is a moment of being vulnerable. I remember like maybe five years old and never seeing a black character on the, in my cartoons that I enjoy, Spider-Man and, and Superman and stuff. And I remember um wanting to have white skin because I wasn't represented and those characters were so cool and I didn't I feel like I didn't belong so I felt like I should be white as a very young kid so I think those elements of the, the way society and uh, was, was structured and and how they, they create you know a feeling of uh less than by just how our society was structured at a very young age and as I gained knowledge and became older and wiser I think I um, decided to lean into being an advocate for um, dismantling structures that really affect, um, in my case, my Black community. Because um, I remember some of those experiences that I had a, at a very young age, and I think that probably was really where it started. Mm, that is so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that, because that's exactly what the show is about. You know, we learn from our experiences, from our shared vulnerable moments, um, and I can relate because one of my children had experienced that too uh, when he was younger. And it's because of those societal influences, but you've used your experience and your awareness and, and you are becoming and you have become that visual representation, like you said, for young boys, young girls, growing ups alike to see like, hey, here's this Caribbean man who is leading <laughs> and really taking on all of his dreams and passions by storm. Before we begin to wrap up, I just want to say thank you so much for your time on the show. For those that are listening, I hope that you have caught the gems. And when I say gems, I mean gems that Anthony has dropped here today, really talking about the importance of mentorship and not just mentorship, but the mentors who are nudging, the mentors who are planting seeds, the allies that are making suggestions. And really that's what it sounds like all it takes is to make those suggestions, make those seeds 
and plant. But it's also up to you, the listener, to take action because Anthony could have chosen not to go and compete and who knows, it might have been a different story, a beautiful one nonetheless. He also talked to us about the importance of employee engagement, taking a pulse of the organization's voice, the employee's voice, taking that survey and actually doing something about it. So now I want to just say, Anthony, is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners that I have not asked? Uh, one of the most intricate um, aspects of career mobility is networking and who you know. And, uh, you know, at the start of my career, I think I really was excellent at networking and I think it paid dividends for me in the future. But I proactively got a mentor in um, my junior year of college that I, that is still my mentor today. I leveraged LinkedIn significantly through my career navigation by reaching out to my former CEO before I even had the job, which led to the interview. Um, you know, so networking is just so critical for, for career navigation. So I just wanted to flag that if you were to ask me, what is one of the most important things um, to help you develop in your career? And then I would say learning to interview really well. Um, it's also critical, but yeah. Okay, man, listen, so long-term mentorship. Wow, wow, from college and still today. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. What, what is the catalyst to have that continued so long? Because a lot of times I hear about mentorship experiences happening and they have a finite uh, time period, but yours seems to be a mm. continuous. Yeah, well, you know, luckily I picked a brilliant mentor. He was the CEO of a quantitative research company that he started and um, just an amazing, amazing um, person. And um, I think the relationship between mentor and mentee will be fueled and sustained um, once there's a high level of trust. And it really is more on the mentee to develop that connection um, and maintain that trust by executing on the recommendations of the mentor mm. so that you don't create disillusionment with um, them, you know, investing their time and energy in you and there's no follow through. So closing that loop and say, hey, I was able to like, do X, Y, Z and follow up, I think will allow them to feel fulfilled in their, you know, spending their time. You know, time is so precious and so valuable. It's probably the most thing we, precious thing we have in it is our time and then health as well. But yeah, if they invest in time in you, do what they ask you to do and, um, you know, come back, close that loop and ensure that you're earning trust. And we've maintained that all throughout these years. And I think that's what fueled that relationship mm, for so long. That is so good. So good. So practical. Okay. One last thing. And I promise I'm going to let you go. Um, oh. Practical tip around LinkedIn, because you mentioned that you use LinkedIn heavily <laughs> for networking and building relationships. And I know this is a, is a huge area of, of growth for a lot of us. So um, one, maybe, or two, few practical tips on how you use it to keep network. So first thing I would say is ensure that your LinkedIn is up to snuff. And I, what I mean by that is there's a lot of... Um, uh, opportunities to uh, ensure that your profile is interesting. I uh, know that you could share the awards you have had. You can solicit recommendations from previous um, team members or managers. So you really want to have a robust description of your professional profile. Um, so beef up your summary so people could get a quick snapshot of what you do. You know, there's there's a lot of bells and whistles there. Just go on YouTube. How to make my 
uh, optimize my LinkedIn. One practical tip, make sure it looks great so that when people come across your profile, they're like, oh, this person is interesting. And then from a networking point of view, um, you know, I think there is, has been a lot of oversaturation of usage of LinkedIn over the last few years. Uh, but in my transition into the music space that I just did um, and, and wanted to speak to other professionals that work for streaming companies, I used LinkedIn and I had success in speaking to them. And it's really the outreach, um, this how, the how, the approach. I think really finding uh, something that would grab the person's attention when you do have that cold outreach and, uh, you know, sharing something about them that makes them realize that they could add value and um, and hopefully, you know, they have the time and bandwidth. Um, and if they say no, follow up again. Or if they if you don't get a response, keep keep following up until like you realize like they truly don't are not interested. Um, but yeah, I think um, crafting a very a warm outreach in which you find something interesting about their profile that is truly authentic in the reason why and you surface that in your outreach might allow you to kind of break the ice sooner than later when you do do a cold outreach. Um, but it has been extremely successful for me in being able to speak to folks um, for any of the companies that I entered at, ended up at. I did use LinkedIn to um, have informational interviews and stuff. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing all of your nuggets. Just to recap everyone, you're going to need to listen to this because this is how you take your employee engagement literally to the next level. Thanks once again for being on the show, Anthony. And for everyone else that's listening, um, make sure that you subscribe. Make sure you give us some feedback. If you love the show, reach out to Anthony on LinkedIn. Anthony Cole, is there any other uh, place that they can reach you or find you, or would you just prefer for them to connect with you on LinkedIn? LinkedIn is fine, and uh, I also have a very active uh, Instagram page, so Anthony Cole Music would be great, um, and also, um, you know, Anthony Cole Music on YouTube as well would be fine. Yes, definitely, and make sure to listen to the song Rise Up, everybody. All right, until next time, take care and be well. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to You podcast. Visit clairecommunicationsolutions.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, Monique Russell, or Instagram at clearcommunicationcoach. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.